Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
the streets I look alive No one knows what's going on inside So much I cannot do Just want to be more like you Does it even pay to try? Mm. I know one billion stars come out at night Each one with their own purpose, their own light Those stars are just like me Each their own identity It's all in my state of mind Shoshan 
Treat her kind, old friend, treat her kind Without her, where would you be now today? Everything God gives you, 
is on account of her And all she needs is kindness To make it through her day Treat her kind Angry words come easy and they sting That's not the promise that you made her With that wedding ring the love the two of you deserve to find Is waiting for you when you treat her kind Treat her kind I'm finding myself humming, you know that? That's all right.
J.M. in the A.M. with Simcha Liner on a Thursday morning broadcast from Project Relax Israel edition. Uh, that is um, Medley D, as they uh, designated on the album. Uh, Mordechai Ben David's Od Yeshvu. You heard Shlomo Katz and Gershon Verobe together with Treat Her Kind off of the Yes Legacy album. Mivon Siach from Gershon. Mordechai Shapiro, brand new with One in a Million and Hakomi Shamayim. Two of the brand new ones on his latest album. We spoke with him yesterday. We invited him, or we will be inviting him into our studio this coming week uh, to discuss more about the album and um, a whole bunch of stuff, which we'll get to with him here at JM and the AM. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Thursday on this June 13th. Some people call it Mitzvah Day, 613. How do you like that? Some people have taken a mundane, secular date and turned it into a mitzvah day. I like that. Tenth of Sivan, the year 5779. Tufshin Ayin Test, 64 degrees, 72% humidity, winds in northeast, 9 miles an hour. Rain in the New York area all day with a high of 64, then showers early tonight, a low 59. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature for Friday, 76 degrees. Yushalayim is at 74. We're at 64 in New York as we say good morning. Here at JM and the AM. We'll talk more next hour about Mitzvah Day. Uh, Dr. Jonathan Donath is going to be joining us. We'll talk about uh, an effort that he leads. A um, whole bunch of stuff happening today between now and 9 o'clock. It's good you left it here on JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Someone complained to me last week they have to stop listening to this show because uh, we are always recommending great causes to support. Well, <laughs> today we have two or three of those. <laughs> Great causes to support in our community. So get ready. <laughs> the challenge is out there for our audience on a regular basis to support financially and otherwise with great enthusiasm some of the wonderful things that are happening out there in the Jewish world. And you get to know about them. You know why? Because you are listening to JM in the AM. Basically, 
simple as that. Full day here on the network. As you know, Charlie Harari at 9 a.m., Michael Fragan at 9.30, Allison Josephs at 10, Miriam L. Wallach at 10.30, live lunch 11 until 1, throwback Thursday at 1 p.m., Mark Zamek with the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show tonight at 7 p.m., tomorrow morning at 3 a.m. and tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., all presented by our friends at Kedem. There is a lot going on. There's a lot happening in this post-Shavuos week here at JM and the AM. All right, more brand-new music. You want more brand-new music? Well, do the Moda'ani that um, Mordechai Shapiro included in his brand-new album. After all, it's early morning on a Thursday here at JM in the AM.
answers and the proof And they said you'll find it here With promises of truth But the long white roads And the chanting in the streets It left you cold Your soul still had to see What you're looking for Is right there at your door Believe me when I tell you, friend You couldn't ask for more What your heart has known Is that there is no place like home So come on back Oh, you'll never be And when the others came so gently, as peaceful as a dove, they stirred something inside of you. They only spoke of love, but your mind cried out, what of history, the hatred to my race. And you knew then you still had not found your place. What you're looking for is right there at Your heart has known Is that there is no place like home So come on back Oh, you'll never be alone Despairing and confused It traveled far and wide But you passed through one small country Where you started feeling pride So you found a place to study What you thought was ancient law And you wished you'd learned about it all before
Jolie with Tovi Mitmaorot. Journeys and had no place like home. Always wonder if that's why uh, A.B. Rottenberg called that series Journeys, because of that song specifically. Ends with uh, The Journey is Over. Uh, that song does. Uh, before that, you heard Amicha Gammon Tiskabel Tifera, done by Shlomo Katz. The Aspra had Uzi. The Zimras Ka here at JM and the AM. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world. The web at NachumSiegel.com. On the NachumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Dr. Jonathan Donath is going to join us in a few minutes. Dailygiving.org is quite a website. Dailygiving.org. We'll talk about today being Mitzvah Day. Are you aware of the fact that on the secular calendar, a lot of people have turned 613 into Mitzvah Day? Pretty cool, frankly. So that'll be coming up plenty more, of course, here on a Thursday if you keep it at JM in the AM. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM the AM. Galitzal, Amir Ushalayim, Asha'a 2. Shalom Rav. Khan Rani Avnai, Ima Shekorei Akshav. משבר הגירעון בתקציב המדינה. משרד האוצר יציג תוכנית גזרות בהיקף של יותר מ-3 מיליארד שקלים. 
כתבנו לענייני כלכלה ניתאי ענבי. האוצר יגיש לאישור הממשלה קיצוץ רוחבי של 1.5 עד 2 בתקציבי המשרדים השנה, בהיקף של מיליארד ו-100 מיליון שקלים שנועד לממן את סבסוד הצהרונים והוצאות ביטחוניות. הקיצוץ יעזור להתמודד עם הגירעון שלפי תחזית האוצר יחרוג בשנה הבאה ל-4%. לצד הקיצוץ מתוכננות גזרות נוספות, צמצום הטבות המס על רכב היברידי, העלאת המס על חומרים ממסים והחזרים של חברות הביטוח לביטוח הלאומי. וסגן שר הבריאות יעקב ליצמן מאיים, אם יקצצו במערכת הבריאות, לא ניכנס לממשלה הבאה. כתבנו מאיר מרציאנו מביא את הפרטים לראשונה. ברקע הקיצוץ הרוחבי הצפוי במשרדי הממשלה, סגן השר יעקב ליצמן אומר לגלי צה"ל לפני זמן קצר, במקרה של קיצוץ במשרד הבריאות, לא ניכנס לממשלה הבאה. אם יקצצו, זה יפגע בראש ובראשונה בציבור החולים, ואלחם כדי שזה לא יקרה, כך לדברי סגן השר. המתקפה על שתי מכליות הנפט במפרץ הפרסי. על פי דיווחים, אחת המכליות שהייתה עמוסה בנפט טבעה, השנייה עדיין בוערת. בטהרן מביעים דאגה מהאירוע. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. האיראנים משו בחיים 44 ימאים שהיו על אחת הספינות, והם טוענים בעקבות זאת, כיצד אפשר להאשים אותנו אם סייענו להציל את אנשי הצוות. שתי הספינות יצאו בנפרד מאיחוד האמירויות ומסעודיה, עמוסות נפט גולמי, והיו בדרכן לטיוואן ולסינגפור. אחת מהן החלה לבעור, ננטשה, ולפי ידיעות בלתי רשמיות, שקעה במצולות. גבר כבן 60 טבע למוות בבריכה פרטית בצפת. כתבנו גיא ורון מדווח שהוא פונה במצב אנוש לבית החולים זיו בעיר, שם נקבע מותו. שני עובדים במשרד האנרגיה נעצרו בחשד לעבירות שוחד, כתבתנו עדה שטייף. שני עובדי ציבור נושאי משרה במשרד האנרגיה נעצרו הבוקר בחשד למעורבות בעבירות שוחד, מרמה והפרת אמונים. לאחר חקירה סמויה ארוכה בלהב 433 התאפשרו המעצרים הבוקר. החשד, השניים הבטיחו לחברת אנרגיה גדולה אישורים להתנהלות בעשרות יישובים ברחבי הארץ. בתמורה דרשו תפקידים בכירים בחברה לכשיפרשו לגמלאות. בהמשך היום הם יובאו להארכת מעצר. בהונג קונג נמשכים העימותים בין כוחות המשטרה למפגינים בעקבות ההתקוממות הנרחבת סביב חוק ההסגרה לסין. למעלה מ-70 בני אדם נפצעו ביממה האחרונה. מארגנת המחאה, בוני לנג, מספרת ליומן החוץ, ביקשנו רק הזדמנות להגן על הזכויות שלנו ונרמסנו באלימות. היינו מאוד שלווים, רק דרשנו מהמשטר בהונג קונג שיקשיב, במקום זאת הממשלה ביקשה מהמשטרה להשתמש בנשק נגדנו ויותר מ-70 בני אדם נפצעו, כך בוני לנג. הרעיון המלא ביומן החוץ בהגשת דניאל זילברשטיין. מזג האוויר, ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות, ייתכן טפטופצ'יק, בעיקר בצפון. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. JM in the AM. That's our news from Israel, of course. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio News, uh, at the top of the hour. Uh, well, you know, as we go through our own fundraiser here, our spring fundraiser is in full swing, as you know. And those of you who have still not yet given should go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and give generously. Um, but one thing that has never stopped us over the years, even when we are doing our own fundraising, uh, we do not stop our daily custom of encouraging people to support great causes, aside from ours, in the Jewish world. 
And with that in mind, um, many of you are aware of the fact that um, at some point, <laughs> someone took a simple date on the secular calendar, 613, and turned it into a day of giving, a doing uh, a, a national mitzvah day, so to speak. And I'm all, I'm all for that. That's pretty cool. They took an actual regular secular date and turned it into a national day of giving. And uh, Dr. Jonathan Donath, I promised you he would join us uh, live via telephone. He is, in fact, with us live via telephone. He's co-founder of a website called dailygiving.org. Not giving once a year on mitzvah day, but giving every day. Dailygiving.org. And it is a uh, really a uh, stucco organization that helps many, many, many stucco organizations. Some great causes. Uh, Dr. Jonathan Donath, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Do I wish you a special uh, salutation on Giving Day, on the 613, on Mitzvah Day? Or it's, I'll, I'll or, or it's like it. any other day for you. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I, did, I didn't know it was Mitzvah Day until yesterday, but I think it's a great idea. It is a great idea, taking a regular secular date and adding something significant to it to encourage giving. When did you uh, co-found DailyGiving.org? Um, about a year ago, uh, I, I had just been at my local Mara Minion, and um, I had this idea. I, I had put a dollar in the tzedakah box, and this, this idea came to me that, you know, it doesn't matter how much tzedakah I give, uh, I still get a mitzvah for that dollar I just gave just now. It doesn't, you know, it really doesn't make a difference. So I decided, how, how is it possible where I could be, get the mitzvah of, a, of, of, of tzedakah every single day no matter what? It's one dollar. I want, I want an extra mitzvah for a dollar. So right. I went home. I started Googling, is there an organization that will automate my daily giving so that no matter what, for a buck, I get that mitzvah? And it did not exist. So a couple of my friends and I, we, uh, we started this organization called Daily Giving or Tzedakah Yomi. And how does it work? Do people give a, sp- a specific amount that gets divided up by a certain number of days? How does the whole system work? So the way it works is uh, you sign up for a dollar or more, but it has to be at least a dollar. And every so we couldn't hit people's credit card every single day because right, the right. transaction fee would be too high. Right. So they could sign up for a month for thirty dollars a month or three sixty five a year, and uh, we we then give the entire amount given to a different seductive organization every single day. Pretty cool. And how did you establish a list of organizations that would be worthy of your giving? So we have a board, and we all sat down and thought we wanted to make sure that the organizations we chose would be something everyone wanted. We didn't want to pick any local schools or local local shuls. They're all national organizations that serve um, Jewish Jewish. They're all Jewish organizations that are five hundred one c three nonprofits um, that serve people all over the country, all over the world. Many of them are familiar to this audience. Yes, we we, we really wanted to pick great ones. We vetted them. We we took out ones that had too high expense ratios. We have a rabbinical council that we went over all the, uh, the organizations with, and they approved all the organizations as well. Now, does that mean that today, and I mean this, I could ask you this on any day, does that mean that today a specific one organization is going to be the recipient of all the daily giving money? Yes, that's correct. Do, so, we, do we know who it is today? You know, I should have looked. <laughs> I know that yesterday was NCSY. Oh, nice. All right. And they, and they got basically anybody who's made a commitment to be part of this program for this year or for this month. Uh, they got a, a one dollar per participant yesterday. Correct. Yesterday was NCSY, so yesterday we hit the four hundred dollar mark. In fact, we had we had two people gave yesterday, so we had four hundred and one. So the day before it was three hundred ninety nine dollars was given. Yesterday there were two more daily givers signed up, so yesterday we gave four hundred one to NCSY. 
You know, if you if you grow this thing, and I know you know this, but l- let me just state it for the audience: if you grow this thing to I don't know fifty thousand members, you're talking about a massive amount of money per organization each and every day. Exactly. That's what we're hoping. I mean, it, it, $400 might not seem like a lot, but uh, it adds start. up pretty quickly. Yeah, it's a great start. Um, all right. What do people do? Simply go to dailygiving.org and fill out some form? Yeah, it's really easy. To go to, exactly. They go to dailygiving.org and they hit the join us button. There's, a, there's really great transparency with us. First of all, we're, we're a nonprofit, but we take nothing. No one in my organization takes anything. Uh, we wanted the full dollar to go to the organization, so the only fee is the credit card fee. Um, everything else goes to the organization, um, and they and they fill it out. It takes two minutes, and they sign up, and then every day they get an email. And I know we all get inundated with emails every day, but this email is the best feeling in the world because every day you see your one dollar, which is pretty insignificant, you know, as it's, as one dollar, but together it's four hundred dollars, and it's just going to grow and grow and grow. We really are just starting, and uh, like you said, we, you know, we hope to get thousands of dollars. If one percent of Jews signed up for a dollar a day, that would be over fifty-three million dollars a day just from. $1. Is um is someone able on your website to check out who have been the beneficiaries recently? Like I don't know who 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 was uh you know who got the stuck of the day before NCSY or last month, whatever the case may be. Yeah, on the website it's very transparent. We have a calendar, and so you could see every single day since January first, since we started, who got. Um, it's all there, and it says how much. Um, and so today is Od Yosef Chai. Um, the nice. day after that is Ohel. Um, you know, before NCSY was Migdal Or, then Mila Bev, Mayor Panim, Magain David Adom. We have a whole slew, half, half of the Tzedakah organizations are in America, half in Israel, and I think everyone's going to really like it when they check out the website. Do you want to hear from charities that want to be on your list, or you're tapped out at this point? Oh, that's a good question. We get, we get calls almost every day of charities that want to, to join, and we, we are planning on adding more, but we, we want, it to have, we want our, our, our gift to them to have an impact. So if we add 365 charities, right. it's going to water it down so much. So we, you know, I don't mind if we don't hear for a while. We, 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 we'd like to grow a lot before we want, you know, we want our, to, have, you know, to have meaningful impact to all the charities we give to. And this might be a silly question, but if somebody, you know, today for O Yosef Chai, for whatever reason, wants to give an extra donation, is that something they could do through your website, or do you recommend they go directly uh, to their website? That's a great question. I think they should go for now the way we're set up. If they like, that's a, you know, we or we 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 um, like Mila Bev, for example, is an organization I didn't know about where it start when we started. It's a right. it's an organization in Israel that is uh, helping those with dementia, seniors with dementia, and Alzheimer's, and they're all over Israel and they do amazing work. Um, so yeah, so let's say you wanted to give more to Mila Bev. Yeah, I would go to their website and start writing checks to them. You know, personally, we're not we're not trying to take the place of other Tzedakah organizations right. that you give to. We, you know, everyone gives a lot of tzedakah. We know that, and, and that's an easy answer to say why I don't want to give to dailygiving.org. But this is just this is crowdfunding, right? This is the power of crowdfunding. If everyone just says, you know what, I know I give a lot of tzedakah, but let's just give one extra dollar a day. Number one, I'll wake up every morning. It'll be one nothing me. You have a mitzvah every single day, no matter what. You're sick. You're in the hospital. You're on a ventilator. You still have a mitzvah every single day. And number two, the power of crowdfunding and just everyone gives a dollar and we're going to raise a tremendous, tremendous amount of money to all these amazing organizations. And way before crowdfunding, you know, in our tradition, 
we've always been told, give a little bit every single day and you'll see how it adds up and, you know, give something, you know, to give a large amount, but make sure to give something every single day. You know, the old, uh, uh, better give a penny a day for, <laughs> for a hundred days than give a dollar once, which is what we were always taught growing up. So, you know, the, the, it may have grown exponentially in terms of the amounts instead, but still the daily giving is a very important part of our tradition. Dr. Jonathan Donath invites everybody on this Mitzvah Day, 613. That's right, a day that's designated for mitzvot that comes from the secular calendar. How great is that? Uh, to join dailygiving.org. You just hit the button that says join us, and they'll make sure that at the rate, at the pace of $1 per day, uh, your money goes to a great cause. All the causes and their web addresses are there on his site at dailygiving.org, so feel free to check it out and to see based on their calendar where some of the money has gone or where all the money has gone uh, over the last few months. I hope you get a lot of uh, uh, new um, members joining you based on this conversation and on this mitzvah day. I uh, thank you, Dr. Donath, for joining us and bringing this to our attention. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great, great day. It's dailygiving.org. That's right. Even when we're in the midst of our own spring fundraiser here at JM and the AM, we still encourage people to support tens of of causes by going to dailygiving.org and becoming a member on this National Mitzvah Day of June the 13th, 613. Again, dailygiving.org. Check it out and become part of it. More coming up. It's JM in the AM.
Oh, 
J.M. in the A.M. from the Dear Shu Hayu Nachonim album. Uh, that's Achenu Tfilat Hashlah. That's Yaakov Shweki. And, of course, Shalshelis Jr. had Tov Lahodos. Thursday morning broadcast. It's J.M. in the A.M. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Brand new Mordechai Shapiro coming up next. We'll have that for you. Um, oh, we also have a uh, conversation about JLIC. So either one or the other will be next here at J.M. in the A.M. Um, reminder. Uh, not only do we have an amazing and incredible cause for you to support here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network so that we can continue our 36 years so far venture of uh, providing for you great entertainment and information every single day. Um, uh, but in addition to that, we give you sponsorship opportunities. If there is a, I don't know, a dad or a grad or a yard site or a uh, simcha that you'd like to commemorate by uh, donating to fjbunity.org. Uh, if you go to fjbunity.org, you'll see at the very top, it says sponsorship opportunities. And you have an opportunity literally to a sponsor in memory of somebody, in honor of somebody for somebody's birthday, graduation, for Father's Day, whatever the case may be. And we hope you'll take advantage of that so that you can help us continue to be uh, solvent and continue to be uh, uh, really an effective and uh, wonderful uh, 
part of uh, of Jewish life around the world because that's what JM and AM and the Nachum Siegel Network is at this point. And I thank you very much for your support. Uh, support our spring fundraiser. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and give as generously as possible. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevin, Rabbi the and Zechonishmas Esther Basar, Rabbi Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in Bereshis, Vayet HaYitzchok L'Hashem, in Yitzchok entreated Hashem, L'Noichach Ishto, opposite his wife, Kiakorohi, because she did not have any children. A 52-year-old woman living in America didn't have any children. She and her husband had tried everything, but nothing helped. Desperate of a Yeshua, she turned to a Rav and asked for a bracha that she should be able to conceive. The Rav told her, if you want to have a child, go to Eretz Yisroel. There you will conceive. When a friend of the family heard what the Rav said, he was bothered. To move to Eretz Yisrael on the Rav's say-so, why should they be able to accomplish in Eretz Yisrael what they hadn't been able to accomplish in the States? They had already seen the best doctors. It didn't help. Moreover, the woman was no longer so young. Why the pressing need right now to travel to Eretz Yisrael? He just couldn't figure it out. Did everything the Rav ever said come true? However, the couple could not be deterred. The woman said, Who knows if this is going to help? And I will indeed be able to conceive in Eretz Yisrael. Finally, the friend said, If you give birth there, I'll sell all my belongings and I'll sit and learn in Eretz Yisrael. The couple went ahead with their plans. They ignored all their detractors. They settled in Eretz Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, nine months later, the woman gave birth to twins. When the friend heard about this, he immediately traveled to Eretz Yisrael and went to the great Goin Reb Chaim Kanievsky Shlita. He told him what had happened and asked whether he had to sell all of his belongings in order to come and learn in Eretz Yisrael. After all, he had not really meant that he was going to do it. Reb Chaim answered him, You have to be Mekayim your Haftacha. You have to fulfill your promise. You must sell your belongings and come to Eretz Yisrael and learn. It is very likely that only in the schus of your Haftacha, of your promise, that you are Mekabal upon yourself, that you accept it upon yourself that the woman conceived. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Jam in the AM Thursday. Good morning, everybody. Big event coming up. Oh, yes, a big event for really an amazing organization. On the 18th of June, which is this coming uh, a Tuesday night, there is an OUJLIC second annual Soho rooftop event happening at 700 Broadway in New York City. There's some uh, wonderful um, honorees that are going to be recognized. They're going to recognize some outgoing educators with a Lay Venefish Award to all of them. And um, if you're not familiar with the JLIC, Jewish Learning Initiative on Campus, is doing um, uh, with the uh, from the OU, what they're doing on campuses, uh, they are an extremely, extremely impressive group 
with wonderful educators, wonderful supporters of Israel, uh, leading uh, efforts on campuses around the country to help students, to be there for students, to guide students, to be there for them in really challenging times. And today on college campuses, both religious-wise and politically, they are very, very challenging times, to say the least. Rabbi Penny Rosenthal is with us, the OUJLIC National Development Director. Uh, he'll help us discuss the event coming up on Tuesday night. Uh, Rabbi Rosenthal, welcome to JM in the AM. Malcolm, thanks for having me. A pleasure. Um, you know, <laughs> from our vantage point, uh, you know, regular people here in the Jewish community, uh, it is amazing what JLIC is doing. You you take these remarkable educators, most often couples, of course, and yeah. and you uh, and you and they in turn help guide and assist and uh, and really be there uh, for students on different college campuses. And as you heard me say, both religiously and politically, it is a very challenging time for Jewish students on campuses in this country. Don't you agree? A hundred percent, Nachum. Uh, we have for probably the first time in American, in American Jewish community, we're seeing three-quarters of our youth who have graduated the Shebot and Day Schools head to a secular university. And as you expressed, we need infrastructure, programming, and guidance. And, uh, you know, our kids are experiencing, uh, you know, BDS and anti-Semitism, and not to mention militant atheism. And and this is a very critical time for, uh, for uh, college students. This is a big time of growth. I have not heard that term, militant atheism. Would you, in fact, say that the pressure... Um, that's put on religious students is not simply one of secularism, but literal atheism? Yeah, that, that has become sort of a mantra on college campuses, you know, yeah. where it's, it's not just secular, it's super secular, and sort of a, there's sort of a negative uh, attitude toward religion in general. And that, you know, that's just another pressure point, which really uh, is why we have couples there who are educated, who they, the students can relate to, and could be, be there to answer their uh, questions, hashkafic questions, halachic questions, uh, be role models for them, and not to mention invite them for, you know, for uh, a Shabbos meal and, and a Yontif meal. Yeah, and, and by the way, you should know, our introduction to JLIC, one of the reasons I have this amazing memory of, of being so impressed with them when I first uh, became associated with them or familiar with them, uh, our, our first memories are, are those couples. It's not the students that we first met. We had interaction with couples on different campuses, some around the New York area, who were so impressive, who, who, who gave, of the, uh, gave off this aura of confidence, a wonderful uh, a love for Judaism, an incredible desire to educate and guide, as you said, the students. And, and I don't know where you get these people. I really don't know where you get these people. But you, <laughs> Malcolm, it's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's somewhat self-selecting because only a person who has that deep uh, uh, knowledge of, uh, of, of Judaism and can teach students where they're at and has the confidence to be basically essentially a Torah leader on campus, which right now, by the way, we're serving 22 camps across uh, North America and Israel, Fourth, over 4,500 students, wow. 40,000 alumni in the last 10 years. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, but if you are good at that, it, there's nothing more rewarding. That might be what I wasn't aware of, just how many are now good at that. 30, 40 years ago, you couldn't find that many who were good at it. And today, thank God, you have an amazing array of people, men and women, couples, yep. married couples who are just 
great at what we're describing this morning, and I'm sure you're very proud of them. All right, now on 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 Tuesday night, on Tuesday night, the OU JLIC has their second annual Soho rooftop event. This event is literally to support what we're talking about, right? Right. And I just want to say that not only do we support the kids on campus, we also support the students and parents off campus. We have a, we, we are a resource for the community. In other words, they can go to our website at OUJLAC.org, download our free ebook, which has campus profiles, student-written articles, abundance of information that they need to make informed decisions about what is the best place for their child. Is that identical to the guide that I'm holding? The actual yeah, it is, but it, but on but on but online it's free. And uh, and also, but we we also have a, a nice service is that let's say you have a parent that wants to explore uh, a particular campus, we can create a tour with the JLIC educators. With the, with the student, prospective student, so therefore they can really get, shall we say, uh, know what's happening and be uh, get the proper guidance, so they can really make an informed decision about what's best for the for the child and the family. According to this book, you have 22 campuses in the U.S. and Israel. Has that grown in the last few months? We're we're adding two more uh, coming fall. We're going to open up in Baruch. Uh, Brew College here in Manhattan, as well as we're going to open up in uh, Bar Ilan, which will be our second campus in Israel. We are at IDC in Herzliya, which is a has a growing population of like, over 200 day school students uh, uh, who are spending their year their, their college years in Israel, and Bar Ilan has much more than that. So, we're, we want to serve the the students that graduate from North America and be there for them during these important years. By the way, we should also point out, Rabbi Rosenthal, this I know only because I do hang out at times with people who are who are still affiliated with college campuses. Uh, in the majority, if not all the cases, your, your representatives, OUJLIC, have very good relationships with other Jewish groups uh, that are trying to do either similar or what some might think is similar work on campuses. A hundred percent. We work together with Hillel, of course, uh, and then where, where appropriate, you know, the local Chabad. Right. It's, it's, you know, whatever, whatever works to make sure the student is successful Jewishly. That's the bottom line. And, um, and it's, you know, so it's, uh, you know, we work together. Uh, on Tuesday night, you're honoring or recognizing her by Gershon and Mrs. Tali Weiss up at Binghamton. Yep. Uh, Mrs. Hannah Cohen from Queens College. Yep. Rabbi Yaakov and Mrs. Racheli Taubus from the University of Pennsylvania. And Rabbi Ariel Fisher and Mrs. Bina Brody from Princeton University. I, I know it's hard to, you know, to, to, to do this in terms of, you know, one conversation. It really deserves four separate ones. But what can you tell us about the honorees on Tuesday? These, these people really are... You know, it's, it's not a job, it's a calling. In other words, it's really a, a, a job where you feel that this is your important role to be the bridge between the child's being in the from bubble where they were completely insulated and isolated from everything and then going to a very radical different environment. So it's, it's, it's about being there for the students, uh, learning with them, harusas, inviting for, you know, Shabbos and Yant of meals, it's counseling. It, when the kids are on campus, it's basically a, it's like a 24/7 job. You're there from uh, midnight in the morning to late at night, and there's always issues and challenges that come up. So these four these four people are are really uh, really uh, Jewish leaders. And so they, they're and, unbelievable. And remember, on most of these campuses, there are there are kids who are up till one, two in the morning, if not later. So when you say 24/7, you mean it. I, I do. I do. Yeah. There's there's always there's always something going on uh, on a college campus. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. Um, 
you know, I mean, I know that this is this may be overstating the obvious, but you know, kids are away from home in some cases, thousands of miles away from home. They have no mom and dad with them, and J- JLIC has you know tried to supplement that as much as possible to get people on the campuses who are. You know, I'm not saying as caring as their own parents, but you get my point. You know, those who will look after them and be there for them in any type of situation. You, you, that, that, that metaphor is ex- exactly appropriate. Many students feel the love from the couple that, you know, I've, I've, I've myself spoken to students that when they go to college campus, there's a, there's a homesickness, just like camp. And uh, the fact that you can come in and have a, a home-cooked meal with, uh, you know, 12, 15 other students, I mean, that's just, that is, that's just priceless. Man, no question about it. All right, all right, Penny Rosenthal is with us live via telephone, National Director of Development for JLIC. What do people need to know about Tuesday night? We know so far that it's happening at 700 Broadway in New York and that anybody who wants to attend should go to org slash dinner. Uh, what else can you tell us about Tuesday, June the 18th? For, uh, enjoy. Uh, we're, it's being catered by Gray's Smokehouse, which has really delicious food. We're going to have a, uh, a high-end mixologist. It's going to be a gorgeous evening, lots of fun, lots of an opportunity for people to want to meet uh, some educators. And, of course, of course, will be JLC alumni there, as well, of course, as uh, uh, a, um, our, our, our wonderful donors and supporters. And it'll be just a wonderful evening to get together and, of course, to help us strengthen these, these students on campus and allow us to grow uh, to many more campuses. Is this open to everybody? Is it Every, everybody, who's, everybody who registers, yes. All, all ages. Everybody's welcome to come and enjoy. Cor- correct. 700 Broadway, the Soho rooftop event this coming Tuesday, the 18th of June, starts at 6 p.m. to benefit OUJLIC. Go to OUJLIC.org slash dinner, OUJLIC.org slash dinner. And Rabbi Rosenthal, uh, the campuses that you just said you're adding, it would be impossible. Forget about maintaining the infrastructure on those that already exist, but it would be impossible to add those without a strong fundraising effort, without people Correct. out there responding. People. Right. I mean, we're, we're blessed with uh, the support of the OU, which provides about half the funding, and we, but we certainly need the, the partnership with the parents and the donors of the community. All right, everybody, give and give generously, and obviously go to the event, OUJLIC.org slash dinner. Right. Penny Rosenthal is National Development Director at OUJLIC. Thank you so much and continued success. It's one of the most admired programs in this country, and uh, I thank you for joining us today. Nachum, thanks so much. Appreciate it. More coming up. It's a Thursday here at JM in the AM. I did promise you that we'd get to uh, uh, more of the brand new, uh, the brand new uh, Mordechai Shapiro album. He joined us yesterday by phone. He'll be joining us live in studio this coming week. Here is uh, his brand new title track on a Thursday morning at JM in the AM.
אני רוצה היום, אבל הכל משתנה פתאום, וזה בסדר, אני לא אשם, כי זה רצון השם. אני הולך, לא רואה את הסוף, מאמין שיהיה רק טוב. אני קטן, כן, אני קטן, והתמונה גדולה. And I'll let things play out in a godly way My little human eyes just don't get the picture here And I got no reason to fear I got no reason to fear
to a shop that read closed on the door. There was a minion in the back of a hardware store. Nine men waiting for one more. We ushered in the Shabbos with a beautiful song. The Chazan had a voice that was clear and strong. Shabbos was carried on a song. Whoa, I asked the man, I saw how many Jews in this town. He said to me, there used to be a minion around. But one of us passed away and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay? For Shabbos Minion Man Oh, won't you stay with us For Shabbos Minion Man Please, won't you stay with us For Shabbos Minion Man J.M. in the A.M. Minion Man from Schlockapella. That's Schlockrock, of course. Ohad Hadlamelech. You heard Mordechai Shapiro brand new with Hakomi Shamayim. 64 degrees, rain in New York with a high of 64. That's right, we're at the high right now. Yushalayim at 74. We're at 64 on a Thursday, 8 o'clock in the morning, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. I appeal to everybody to keep us in mind now. As uh, we roll through the most important part of our spring fundraiser, and that's the the days before it actually ends. Those of you who have not yet supported JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network for 2019, please use this opportunity to go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. As we indicated on Facebook this morning, if you have somebody you want to dedicate a donation to, a dad, a grad, a yard site, a wedding, uh, some type of... um, a simcha that's happening in your family, 
It's a golden opportunity to do it. All you have to do is uh, go to uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and um, and um, give generously and help us continue for yet another year as we now are in year number, believe it or not, 36 of JM in the AM. Wow. Um, Two minutes after 8 o'clock, more coming up at JM in the AM, including this one, a brand new one from Uri Davidi at JM in the AM.
Thursday morning, it's JM in the AM, a classic from Mordechai Ben David, Lo Irara. Hentalach was done by Lipa. Uri Davidi, brand new with Hallelujah. JM in the AM Thursday, our spring fundraiser is in full swing. Those of you who have not had an opportunity yet to support us, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Give generously and keep us going here at JM in the AM. Uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Charlie Harari with Unlocking Greatness. 9.30, Michael Fragan's Spin Class. Jew in the City Speaks and Allison Josephs. That's at nine, it's at 10 o'clock Eastern Time here at the Nahum Siegel Network. 10.30 for That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach. With Miriam is Dr. Michael Solomon of ADC Psychological Services in Hewlett, New York. They'll discuss summer camp safety. Live lunch at 11, throwback Thursday at 1. At 7 p.m., the Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by our friends at Kedem. That'll replay at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. tomorrow. It's an amazing show. Check it out. Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek. Uh, first edition Thursdays at the 7 p.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. 14 minutes after 8 o'clock, plenty more coming up. Thanks for tuning in on this uh, Thursday morning broadcast with Shmuel Levy at JM in the AM.
JM and the AM Thursday. You heard Miami with Esmach before that Shmuel Levy and Hit Oruri here at JM and the AM. Well, for the next couple of minutes, I want to speak specifically to our listeners in Brooklyn, New York, and we do have a tremendous number of listeners in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, the great senator, New York State Senator Simcha Felder, who's going to join us live via telephone in a moment, is sponsoring a no-cost uh, measles immunity test as part of an ongoing effort to stop the spread of measles. Uh, this is in partnership with Premium Health in Borough Park and New York Community Hospital in Flatbush. Senator Felder is calling on the community to take this opportunity to check their immunity to measles before the summer travel season. Now, the Flatbush event already took place. The Borough Park event is today from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. You need to make an appointment. Use this phone number, 718-253-2015. Again, that's 718-253-2015. One five, New York State Senator Simcha Felder, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. Well, after Shavuos, a lot of people said a Gesunden Zimmer, a Freilichen Zimmer. You want to make sure everybody has a happy and healthy summer. Why is it so important for people to take advantage of your offer that starts at ten o'clock this morning in Borough Park? Well, when when I when we were children, we got inoculated, right. and then our children got inoculated. And now the uh, we you know we we know the importance of making sure that the children are inoculated. But what people don't know is that, for example, someone like me, there's possibility that despite the inoculation, may be may be a a, a carrier. And there's a simple blood test. The uh, Titus test that's taken that tells you whether the inoculation that you had is uh, actually in effect and it's working. In addition, there are people that think that they got inoculated and didn't. So this is a, a win-win. It's a simple blood test. Uh, as you mentioned in Flatbush, we had a packed, packed crowd with Community Hospital wow. that took advantage of it. And today we have it in Borough Park. It's almost completely booked. You gave people the number, 718-484-3216, to see if there are any available slots. But I would suggest that even people, if let's say they, there are no spots, it's a simple blood test. Your doctor can give you a prescription. You go to your lab, and, and uh, you find out very, very clearly whose immunity has worn off over the years per you know, may not have been at risk at that time, but may be at risk now. All right. So uh, anybody who was never, uh, who never got the uh, vaccine or anybody who got the vaccine decades ago, and you're not sure if it's still in effect, uh, you could take advantage of Senator Felder's uh, offer to be in Borough Park today between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Again, make an appointment at 718 484 Three two one six, or as Senator Felder reminds us, if that schedule becomes too packed, uh, any doctor, anybody who goes to their own doctor, can literally take this blood test and see if their immunity uh, to the measles um, is uh, is still uh, in effect. Um, I just want to make something clear: if sure. you're sure that you never got the uh, shot, the Titus test is not what we should be taking. You have to get, a, you know, an inoculation. That's not what we're doing today. Right. It, 
So what we're doing today is to determine for those that don't know or for those period people who've had it years ago and want to make sure that it's still in effect. That's what the Titus does. All right. Um, you know, there's so many different levels of this whole measles situation that uh, relates to our community. Uh, responsibility to make sure to be uh, to, to have a vaccination, the responsibility to make sure that our kids are vaccinated. You already see some of the uh, a reaction uh, to the community in the Catskills and other areas, to specifically our community. Uh, if, in fact, God forbid, we are not going to take this responsibly, if we're not going to take this seriously. So on many different levels, Senator Felder, it is important for everybody to make sure that every member of their family is vaccinated. That's correct. And I would just say is that that uh, uh, what I said earlier, we as kids got vaccinated, our kids got vaccinated, and uh, it I don't view this as anything different, but if somebody has a Shiloh or something like that, let them ask their, their Das Torah or whatever else. I have not seen anything clearly anywhere talking about the, the possibility or not vaccinating. Right. By the way, should I assume that if somebody is determined after today's test to not be immune that they're going to be encouraged to run immediately to a doctor's office and get a vaccine? Absolutely. All right. So, Absolutely. So that call to action will be obvious if uh, anybody uh, shows up today and they're determined to be not immune to the measles. Senator Felder invites everyone in the Brooklyn area 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. today in Borough Park. You need an appointment. The number he gave is 718-484-3216. Again, that's 718-484-3216. If the schedule becomes full... Uh, as they will recommend to you on the phone, uh, you are encouraged to go to your doctor and take this simple measles immunity test, a simple blood test where you can uh, go ahead and find out if, in fact, it's confirmed that you're vaccinated or confirmed the other way, in which case you need a vaccine. Senator mm. Felder, thank you for being at the forefront of this issue on behalf of the community. Thank you for having me, and have a wonderful day. Appreciate that, Senator Simcha Felder. Uh, again, it happens today in Borough Park after a very successful Flatbush event earlier in the month of June. Thursday morning broadcast. More coming up at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. with Yidl. There he is on a Thursday morning broadcast. Well, I told you that even though we're in the middle of our spring fundraiser and our spring fundraiser is in full swing, it doesn't stop us from continuing the daily tradition here at J.M. and the A.M. Some people think we're nuts, frankly. We're uh, raising money for our efforts at fjbunity.org. And at the same time, on a day like today, Dr. Donath was on earlier from dailygiving.org because today is 613, a secular date that somehow has become a mitzvah day. <laughs> and then we had on by Rosenthal from, from JLIC. They have a big event Tuesday night. We're encouraging everybody to uh, give to that. And uh, now Rabbi Moshe Meyerfeld is in our studio. Or Samaya, excuse me, Aisha Toro. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Say it again. We have the same boss. It's okay. How many times have you guys <laughs> used that line? I'd love to know. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, right. Moshe Mayerfeld is here from Ace New York, and they have a wonderful campaign going on between now and 6 p.m. Eastern time today, where literally anything you give between now, this moment, and 6 p.m. Eastern time today is going to be doubled. So a lot of great fundraising efforts out there, a lot of wonderful stuff going on. 
and we encourage everybody to just give, give, give. And on this 613, I guess, hey, why not do, do some extra mitzvahs, give to as many causes as possible. In our studio, Rabbi Moshe Mayerfeld, he is uh, the director of Aish New York. And as I said, they have a, um, an important and, uh, and vibrant, certainly very active and vibrant, if you look at the numbers already, uh, one-day campaign going on that ends at 6 p.m. today. We'll give you the web address and tell you how to support it. Every single donation will be doubled for H New York during this fundraising day. Rabbi Moshe Mayerfeld, welcome to JM in the AM. Nachum, thank you for having me on this show. It's very exciting to be here. A pleasure. You, you spent a lot of time out of this country, uh, in the U.K., the mm. United Kingdom. Doing the same type of work, I assume? Yeah, well, um, I guess that you could say that my math isn't very good because uh, after being in America, born in America, uh, in a small town in New Jersey, Vineland, New Jersey, right. um, uh, went to Yeshiva and Muncie, Shari Torah, Rabbi Barrow Wine, sure. um, who, is, who is still my Rebbe, and I'm very close with him, thank God. He's amazing. Um, I had a, a great journey. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily fit. Growing up in a small town wasn't so easy for me, um, and I had to find my own path a little bit. Um, but uh, I guess being uh, in in Shari Torah as uh, someone who didn't fit in so well, I ended up with the gift of spending more time with Rabbi Wine than anybody else did. Uh, I spent a lot of time in his office, <laughs> which uh, you shared an office. Uh, well, yeah, sometimes it felt that way. But uh, the reality is that that uh, that that really sunk in a lot with me, and uh, his messages and his uh, encouragement for me and his belief in me really made a big difference long term in who I am today. And and at some point you're invited to the UK. To- so we, I went to Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael uh, in my gap year. You know, it was going to be for a year. Ended yeah. up uh, loving Eretz Yisrael and finding a beautiful wife there. I stayed in Eretz Yisrael, learned in Yeshiva there. Ended up working in Eretz Zion, um, and I thought we were going to live in Eretz Yisrael forever. Uh, yeah. My wife's family is Israeli, and I figured that we were there. Uh, and then an opportunity came up uh, to go to England uh, and work with students there. Um, I'd never been to England before. I'd never really worked in outreach before. But, um, you know, Nevetsion was a different type of, of work. Um, but people are people. And, and the two things that I love in this world are people and Yiddishkeit. And when I have an opportunity to bring those things together, I'm in a good place. And that was campus work or that was general outreach? So work? when I first moved to England, it was specifically for campus and the last two years of school, uh, like the later years of high school and campus. Uh, we went, and that's what I said, my math issue is, is a bit of a problem because I went for two years um, <laughs> and we ended up there for 20. We added a zero to that, which is a great uh, you know, sort of plug for today. And, and, and you arrive in New York uh, how long ago? So we came to New York. We moved into the Lower East Side of Manhattan on October 1st. Well, our contract started. That was Yantif, I think. Right. But the day after Sukkis. Um, just now? Just now. We just moved to the Lower East Side. And, um, and when you say the Lower East Side, you mean literally very close to where we are now on Grand Street on Indeed. the Lower East Side. And um, who was the director of H New York before you got here? You're, you're filling whose shoes? So that, that's a good question. Basically, there's a long history of success here in H New York. Right. Um, and a couple things happened. Rabbi Yitz Greenman was very involved for many years. Right. Rabbi Adam Jacobs was involved for many years, who is still involved. Um, uh, basically, what happened was that H New York kind of diversified. The communities changed, and they were based on the Upper West Side. Right. That community changed a lot. Um, and also a lot of the support for Kirov actually sort of focused on campus for a long time. So there was a bit of a, a change and a shift in what was happening in Asian New York. And about a year ago, uh, after being in England for, for 20 years, we were looking for something new, a new challenge, something to develop uh, You know, the Jewish people a little bit more, bigger. Uh, we were, Baruch Hashem, very successful in England. We, uh, in the last... Uh, in the last two years that we were there, I had the schuss to be Masada Kedushin for over 50 couples. 
Um, and my wife and I came up with a whole mahalach of, of teaching secular couples and getting them exciting about Yiddishkeit through their marriage. And, and thank God it was very, very successful. Um, but it was time for something new, and and it was a it was a it was a, sh- a sea shift. We, we we were looking around. We actually were brought in by a couple of different organizations to speak in America, and we decided, you know what, our kids were kind of at a at a at a, a crossroads, graduating school and finishing school, uh, and we felt it was a sign from Hashem to to take up something new, a new challenge. So we found New York, uh, and at the same time, uh, Rabbi Adam Jacobs uh, was looking to redevelop Asian New York, and and you know it was the the main focus. Uh, for New York was really not for young professionals anymore. It was doing a, a very successful executive learning program and campus program, but the young professional programming kind of uh, was not as big as it should have been, perhaps. Um, and I think other organizations stepped in to Yeah, there's a lot of good of things. Also. There's yeah. a lot of good things here in New York. Um, and, and, and when we came, our, our main thing is we're not looking to compete with anybody. You know, anybody who's got a connection or doing something good with another organization, that's not who we're looking for. Look, we're looking for the Jews who have zero connection and no connection with anything else. Right, Moshe Mayerfeld is here, Asian New York. Now, um, I could describe for you, as many people in this audience can, Grand Street. I, we could describe to you the, the Jewish community down here, and it is obviously a long-time Jewish community, different than it was, but a lot of people have kept up with what's happening down here. What's happening north of Grand Street? What What is Lower Manhattan like in that area of this island it's, at this it's time? It's so interesting that you ask that, because actually the week that we moved in, uh, I mentioned to somebody that we moved to the Lower East Side in Shul. I, I came to Shul, and I introduced myself to someone, and he said, where are you living? So I said, we're on Norfolk Street, just by East Houston. So he said, oh, that's uptown. All right, of course. <laughs> So, you know, um, and then somebody else said to me, uh, almost facetiously said, oh, you're not in the Jewish community. So I said, isn't that ironic? Because there are more Jews that live where we live, a two minute walk from here, um, than than the from Jewish community that is is really known. How many have you met in that area? Baruch Hashem, we have been Zoha in our home, just in our home. Uh, to have nearly 1,000 people in our doors since, since October, October 1st. Yeah. And um, how, I mean, I assume that, that the people you've met and had in your home identify themselves as anything from barely Jewish, whatever that means, to, you know, in some ways ritually into it, depending on what they mean by that, right? C- correct. Uh, look, at our, at our Pesach Seder that we had a full house for, we had... Um, I think six or seven people who had never attended a Pesach Seder before, right. uh, which is remarkable. Um, but that's the reality. And, you know, we're meeting a lot of people who come from families that many of their members of their family aren't Jewish. And obviously that presents some halachic right. issues and things. But the reality is that we're seeing a lot of Jews, uh, you know, who who aren't connected. And that's what we're here for. You asked about the area in general. Right. The reason that we chose the Lower East Side was actually the proximity to the East Village, the Lower East Side, downtown in general, but also Williamsburg, right. which might surprise a lot of listeners. A lot of Jews um, in Williamsburg who are s- not affiliated. Yes, Williamsburg. You know, we th- know about hundreds of thousands that are correct, but there are many that are not correct. And we, I spend time. It's amazing. I go to Williamsburg. We did a Friday night uh, a Shabbos dinner uh, in Williamsburg. Uh, we got a beautiful in what venue. Type place a synagogue? It, it, no, no. It was actually a WeWork. Um, uh, Good idea. Yeah, yeah. A beautiful open space, and people are comfortable going there. They're familiar with it. Um, we had space for 85 people, um, and we had 130 applications to join the Friday night dinner. All right, I, I have to help you fundraise, so this, so <laughs> we got to get to that. But I have to ask you, um, it, it seems, and, and you may tell me I'm wrong, uh, it, it seems that years ago, and how many years one could determine for themselves, when someone like yourself would make yourself available to unaffiliated Jews in this area, 
there, there was little interest. There was, I don't know, there was a, there was, there was a, a, an ambivalent attitude on the other end. And now it seems to me that when someone like yourself projects to the community down here that, mm-hmm. hey, hey, unaffiliated Jews, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to help you connect a little bit. It seems like there's an enthusiasm or some type of spark that didn't exist before. Am I generalizing too much? I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that that I mean that's you're you're pretty you're pretty accurate. Um, I think there's always been a thirst. There's always been a thirst. However, didn't you have a lot more pushback though years ago? Yes, there was there was a healthy skepticism, right? Perhaps um, and or people, rolling of the eyes. Correct, correct. And people were a little bit more. Why aren't they rolling their eyes as much? Ninety people to know. are searching for meaning, and the, you know the the because I, we have become what the, so disconnected from. From tradition, the access points for meaning are becoming less uh, and fewer and far between. Everybody's distracted. They have, you know, fear of missing out. They're looking for things. That, you know, it, it's Which amazing. We didn't have twenty years ago nearly as much. Nearly as, as much. I mean, every generation right. thinks that they've had the right. biggest challenge. Right. But the reality is that today, you know, we were my, my wife Liat is an excellent educator, um, and she gave a share the other week um, on dating um, and the challenges with with uh, you know apps and and all the and, and she said it's very you know people are always in the their eyes are always wandering somewhere else both figuratively and right. in the dating world right. and and when you're dating somebody and you have an app with another thousand potential people in your pocket right it's very difficult to focus on the person in front of you and that's a reality for people in their jobs in their home life they're always people don't stay in jobs very long people aren't right. staying in their apartments very long they're moving every you know few weeks months whatever to something else so when we offer genuine care concern relationship you know something meet with meaning they 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 they're interested in it and so, you, I, so human beings do like to slow down and just I, I'll connect. tell you something yeah I'll tell you something amazing one of the beautiful most beautiful compliments we got at a Shabbos meal um, was with someone who had come the second or third time to our Shabbos since we moved in and they said to us that the thing that they love coming to our Shabbos table is that they don't look at their watch while they're there Right. They feel like they can stop, you know. And, and by I, the way, everybody listening has the potential to make their Shabbos table the same way. Absolutely. For and, people around. And we, you know, like I said, in Williamsburg, when yeah. we had 135 nobody applications. Left, right? Nobody right, left, Well, we, we only took 85 people because no, we didn't have I'm room. Saying, but nobody left. No. Nobody, they just right. stayed until yeah. you said, hey, it's time to get out of here. Exactly. And, and you know what? Those other, it was painful for me to have to turn away those 50 people, right? right? I'd love to open up our homes, the, the listeners, to those 50 people and be able to encourage more people to have. And, and forget the halachic stuff for a moment. Moment, and don't tweet that out that I said that. <laughs> but I mean, when they're at a Shabbos meal, are they spending a lot of time on their phones? Are they focused more on the spiritual aspect? Of so, it? so it's a good question, and we're very careful to kind of in the introduction of the Shabbos meal. I encourage people to really be here, right. be here for the moment. Um, and and I, you know, I don't require people not to be on right. their phone, but I, I, I sort of talk about the beauty of not being on your right. phone, and therefore use the opportunity exactly. To, to and and people tap into that. And yes, there are people who disappear right. to the bathroom, of course, yeah. you know, regularly to check right. things or whatever. Um, but but yeah, I think people do sort of plug into that, and they 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 warm. So to the people fact. must have said to you. This is the first two hours of my year that I've not been on my phone. A hundred percent. People are like, wow, this is amazing. Like I got the focus on the food and yeah. the Torah and the company and conversation. Exactly. People don't even have conversations People anymore. don't know how to talk to each other. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing to see. You know, you talk about the shift, the shift in, in culture uh, and the time of I, – I think that one of the biggest shifts that we see is that it used to be people were looking for truth. 
and and truth was scary. And they were looking, you know, is that, Torah that led true? To all the journeys around the exactly, world, exactly, exactly. Find themselves, find themselves. Correct. And, and that was for a, a lot of the outreach programs grabbed onto that right. and said, "Let's prove to you Torah is true. Right. Let's prove to you that that this isn't true." Or let Israel be that destination exactly. you're looking for. Right? Exactly. And today, people are looking for truth so much as they're looking for relevance. They're looking for something that's going to talk to their lives. And when we share nuggets and and because and, they have everything. And yet they feel they don't have what they really need. Exactly. And therefore, when we offer it to them in a meaningful way, with education, with even social events, with Shabbos programs, right. people you know, grab onto that because they're, they're craving meaning. You know, people who are FFBs, as the expression goes, as we, because I include myself, as we sit down tomorrow night to the Shabbos meal, mm. we, should, we should learn to appreciate what we have. Absolutely. You know, I, 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 um, I brought a group from England once to America, an outreach trip. Um, we took about 200 kids. It was actually during the blackout in 2003. Right. After the lights went back on, and there was an interview that I saw in the paper, and I thought it was amazing, and I quote it all the time at my Shabbos meals. Um, there was the, a commissioner of New York, some kind of political person, um, said that after the lights went back on, uh, on the Friday afternoon, right. so they received numerous messages and faxes, it dates it a little right. bit, 2003, um, and they said that people requested an imposed blackout every once in a while because it made such a difference to their lives. And I say, you know what? We have that. Hashem knew what he was talking about. We need that imposed blackout to be able to shut off all the noise, shut off all the distractions, plug into things that are meaningful, you know, lose all the distractions, the craziness of, uh, craziness of the week, and plug into the serenity that Shabbat, and, the Shabbos and, has to offer. And not to compare the two, because you can't compare anything to Shabbos, but that's why family dinner in this country, for those who still do it, is such a significant thing. 100%. Chief Rabbi Jacobowitz, Olive Shalom, um, in England, uh, actually campaigned for the Sunday laws in England because of that, people need right. to spend time, and, and Baruch Hashem, Hashem gave that to us, imposed in our weekly schedule, because it's so crucial and so important to everything we are and what we do, and when we share that with people, they're grabbing onto it. Someone said to me yesterday that now, if you want to fix your car at a dealer, you can go early Sunday morning, <laughs> and if you need a plumber, you can find them in the middle of the night, because right. there's yeah. nobody has any time for anything, Tw- so people are making themselves available. Exactly. All the time. Everything is always. I guess from that perspective, it's good we don't have those Sunday laws here. (laughs) (laughs) Rabbi Moshe Mayerfeld is here. Listen, everybody. I mean, you're getting a perspective of what's happening here in Lower Manhattan. And any day Rabbi Mayerfeld wants to walk in here, we're more than happy to encourage people to support his efforts. But today especially, because today everything is doubled. Simple as that. Between now and 6 p.m. Eastern time, anytime anybody goes to your website, hits the donate button, they will get to a page. Uh, where literally every donation is doubled. In fact, I can update you because uh, you haven't looked at your phone last 10 minutes. <laughs> I can update you that you're now at $156,500, a $300,000 goal. Uh, it does literally mean that if someone gives $100, it's really a $200 donation. That's how it works. And uh, we ask you to go to HNY, uh, HNY.com. Is it .org.com? HNY.com. Click on Donate, and you'll be there. Uh, joining the hundreds of donors who've already given, and uh, you could help Rabbi Mayor Felt continue this effort here in Lower Manhattan, and as you heard, in Williamsburg as well. Um, I think the greatest advantage you have is what I pointed out earlier. Uh, I think we've gone from a generation of um, of skepticism, as you put it, I I, I described it as eye rolling, uh, <laughs> to a generation that that literally is waiting for you to approach them, waiting for you. Please come up to me. And invite me to your home. Please come up to me and let me know that for a half hour a week I could explore some important, you know, Torah subject with you. 
And that's a big advantage, knowing that people are, are as thirsty as they are. really gives you an opportunity to do great work. Yeah, people are, people are ready for it. We just have to be able to have the resources right. to do it. So we need more manpower. We need more volunteers. And we need more money to be able to, to, be able to accomplish our goals. So and please. you described earlier... And by the way, do those Shabbos meals take place every week? Every Shabbos. Like someone could literally sponsor literally. a Shabbos. They Absolutely. Want to and we say, you know, $20 a plate um, is, you know, b- allows somebody to have access to Shabbos. So, so if you're so thinking about it. bucks, you have 10 people that you're sponsoring. 100%. Uh, you said earlier when reviewing the um, the history of Asian New York and the different things that have happened, you know, and, and the focuses, et cetera, et cetera. A- am I right that at some point the Asian New York, uh, establish an actual center? Am I, am I thinking of Yes, that? in the Upper West Side, we did have a center um, for a long time. Um, Does that still and exist or not? So they sold the building because, ah. again, the Upper West Side, right. the community changed, and that's why we chose somewhere here in the Lower East Side, and our home is our center for so the moment. So it's more like chapters now in Correct. New York. Correct. Look, different. Rabbi Elliot Mathias, Rabbi Sage Freiburg, we have Where a great are they? team. What, what neighborhoods? Um, we, we have an office in, uh, in Midtown, right. um, but our activities are where people are, in their offices, in their homes. We do home groups. But we that's do- every Everywhere in Manhattan now. There are yeah. Jews everywhere. That's right. And that's, Upper East Side, Harlem, Washington Heights, everywhere. And we're trying to reach all of them. So Liat Meyerfeld, super edu- you know, I, I'm a bit biased. She's my wife, but she's <laughs> she's that she's running our women's program. We're doing amazing, amazing activities. And it's not just Shabbos, it's all the time. Every single day of the week. Yeah. And we're starting early in the morning and we're very often we we have to access people when they're available. So I've run a lot of programs at seven AM. Because that's when people, you know, can can take a few minutes to themselves. And that would be and what, like an educational program? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, breakfast and learning. You right. know, get it together with a meaningful morning, um, and uh, you know, allow people to have access to Torah education to meaningful moments of the day, um, whenever people can. Why did uh, uh, Why did Aish uh, survive all these decades? Why did this brand that really was synonymous and continues to be synonymous with Kiruv? Why has it? you know, been around and been so strong for so long. So Renoch Weinberg, who is the brains and the, the, the heart, the soul of everything that we We call we him are. the founder, right? Yes, indeed. Um, and he had a passion for Jews that was unbelievable and a care. You and know a, him? Very well. I was Zoha to be able to be connected to him for, for many, many years. Um, and uh, I was very appreciative of, of my connection with him. Um, I, I'm not an Aish guy, you know, from, from, from birth. I'm an FFB. Um, and, but I, I connected to Rav Noach. Um, and once I started working for, for Aish, I, I seeked him out. And he was available. I called him for advice and things. I'll tell you an amazing thing. Um, I, I asked him once. He used to teach this class, very famous class, about four misconceptions that people have about Yiddish guy. Right. It was one of his favorite right. classes to give. And he felt before you learn, you have to unlearn. And he talked about misconceptions that people have. One of them was that you know Yiddishkeit doesn't judge based on the Gemara about whose blood is redder than whom, uh, and and he talked about the fact that we don't know who's greater in Yiddishkeit than whom, and therefore we can't judge. And every Jew is has infinite value. Um, and I asked him afterwards when he taught a shir. I, I heard him teach this idea, which I've heard him many times. And I said to him, Rebbe, isn't it somewhat judgmental to teach Torah because you're saying I know something that you don't, um, and therefore even though you're saying we don't judge, isn't it inherently somewhat judgmental? And he told me an amazing idea. I'll never forget it. And I think that this answers your question. He said to me, Moshe, if that's the way you feel, please don't work for me. Mm. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, every Jew I meet, in my mind, I know that it's possible that they have a closer relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu than I do. I don't know. I don't know where they come from. I don't know their background. I don't know what their story is. It's very possible that the Jew that I'm meeting has a better relationship at a place in Shemayim than I do. No matter now, if and how well they no dominate. Ma- exactly. Or, or, Shabbos, or no matter kosher, what. Right? No matter what. He said, however... 
I know that I have something that I can share with them that will get them even closer to Hashem. If I share with them Shabbos, if I share with them Pesach. What a I, great perspective. Yeah, he said, then I, I have to share it. I know something that they don't. I'm going to share it with them. I'm not better than them, but I'm going to share. I love them. And that love for every Jew and that care. So I think that's the that's why I should survive because it's a genuine love and care, and it's a big vision. It's a you know, and and we're willing to adapt and not you know. There's a there's a book that I love to quote, even though the book itself isn't as good as as the concept of it. But a book called Who Moved My Cheese, right? right? You know, the, the mouse yeah. who who right. gets hungry because someone moved his cheese. He doesn't know to look for it elsewhere. I think Aisha is always looking at what's today's generation's issue. And today, 2019, is different than two years ago, different than 10 years ago. And Aisha's constantly saying, what can we do? What, what's the need? Staying relevant. Staying, staying relevant. up to date. Exactly. Staying state of the art. Exactly. Um, Our website, Aisha.com, right. looking at how we can connect to Jews. You know, oh, you have great Bashar articles Husham, on that website. Baruch Hashem. It's a, is know, there still an affiliation work. with you and Jerusalem? Or? So yes, yeah, certainly Ashkafically and, and from a, you know, and we're working to better that relationship I all mean, the time. I mean, if you had people here on the Lower East Side who wanted to visit Israel, they would stop by Aish and I hope so. It's the best spot. In, you know, I'm or, saying, but that, you'd, yeah, have, they'd be welcome there. And yes, you'd, and you'd we do. actually have a staff member that works for us in Eretz Israel today. Um, because there's so many travelers from New York right. to there that we actually have somebody who is employed by us in Eretz Israel, based in Eretz Israel, to help people learn, connect, et cetera. All right. as well. I could do this for hours with you, but I'd uh, love to. But, uh, <laughs> but and, and we'll continue at some point. But I also want to hear some music, you know. <laughs> That's what the listeners are saying. <laughs> there are nine hours left to the Ace New York campaign, and I'm hoping, uh, just like uh, other causes that we uh, that we endorse and we encourage people to uh, contribute to, I'm hoping that you will. Find it in your heart to give Ace New York something before 6 p.m. tonight. 6 p.m. tonight, Eastern Time, nine hours from now, the campaign will end. They're at $156,000. They're trying to get to 300000 And remember, every time you give a dollar, it's really a $2 donation because everything is going to be matched. Go to aceny.com, aceny.com. If you click on the Donate button, it will take you straight to the uh, Cause Match page, and you'll be able to participate in today's campaign, aceny.com. Again, just hit Donate. And you will be able to support the work of Rabbi Meyerfeld and his family and the great people that he works with as they are transforming Jewish lives here in New York. It is, uh, it is, it's amazing to um, <laughs> to watch you in action and to and to see how many people are just desperate. And again, I say this so that all of us will sit down at the Shabbos table tomorrow night with a different attitude. How many people are desperate to have what we have? And we don't always realize how desperate people are. How lucky we are. And how lucky we are to have what yeah, we have, sure. you know? I'll tell you. Nachum, in the words of, of Rib Shlomo, in the tune of Rib Shlomo, if I can just wish the listeners, I good Shabbos, good Shabbos, <laughs> good Shabbos, good Shabbos. If there's somebody who understood Kirov, it was him, huh? <laughs> he knew how to communicate with people. He knew how to reach people's hearts, and he also knew that if he had an opportunity to speak to every Jew, he'd make tremendous progress uh, regarding their uh, spiritual lives, so... Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank pleasure. you to the listeners for helping us with this campaign. Yeah, good luck with the campaign. Everybody, it's HNY.com. HNY.com. Hit the donate button. And my thanks to Imosha Mayerfeld. He directs H New York. It's a Thursday, and you're listening to JM in the AM. <laughs> Yam bam 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 bim bam bam yam bam bam yam bire bira yam bam 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 bim bam bam yam bam bire bam bam yam bam 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 bim bam bam yam bam bam yam bire bira yam bam 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 bim bam bam yam bam bire bam bam.
לסאמר ניגון, לסאמר ניגון. ארגל עצמך לסאמר ניגון, לסאמר ניגון. ארגל עצמך לסאמר ניגון, לסאמר ZANG-EN-MOZIEK Give as generously as you can. Go to fjbunity.org and support the work of JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. My thanks to all of our guests this morning. Plenty more coming up, including Charlie Harari. He's next. Then Michael Fragan. Then Allison Josephs with Jew in the City Speaks. Miriam El Wallach at 1030 with Dr. Michael Solomon discussing summer camp safety. And we're back live at 11 a.m. with a live lunch between 11 and 1 Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Don't forget tonight, Mark Zamek presents the Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern time with an encore presentation at 3 a.m. and an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern time here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nahum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.